Hello, friends. It's your old pal, Aria Hawani, back with another edition of the Hawani Show. Yes, Monday, interviews, jam-packed show. Dare I say, it's just like old times. No DC and Hawani this week. We're back next week. But of course, you know, DC could be okay with leaving you guys high and dry. I, on the other hand, would never be okay with that. So I've called upon some of the biggest names in the sport right now. Certainly at 155, Dustin Poirier, Michael Chandler, Charles Oliveira. You may have heard of those guys, and you will be hearing from them on today's show. How exciting is that? But first, I do want to tell you about my good friend Mina Kimes. As you know, it's Super Bowl week. Unfortunately, the Bills aren't a part of it, but still a lot to be excited about, a lot to get ready for. So I suggest you check out the Mina Kimes show featuring her dog, Lenny. You can download and subscribe to it wherever you get your podcasts. All right, on to today's program, which does contain some language that may not be suitable for all audiences, so listener discretion is advised. Enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Ariel Helwani's M.M. Back in your life on this Monday, February 1st, 2021. Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to a brand new edition of the Hawani Show presented by DraftKings, America's top rated daily fantasy app all right we got a lot to discuss on today's program like i said at the very top in case you fast forwarded no dc and helwani this week we're back next week february 8th but didn't want to leave you high and dry and i took this opportunity to go a little old school you remember for like 11 or so years i did a show on mondays sometimes it was called the helwani show for the most part it was called the ma hour we spoke to 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 of the biggest names in the sport at the time each and every week. I mean, it was an incredible thing. Anyway, I wanted to go back to those uh, days just for one Monday only, and I think the uh, the response has been great, and I wanted to get some big names. And so who bigger than Charles Oliveira? Who bigger than Michael Chandler? Who bigger than Dustin Poirier to, uh, to go old school with? Of course, everyone's still talking about the 155-pound division coming off of 257 and what Dustin Poirier did to Conor McGregor and what Michael Chandler did to Dan Hooker. And of course, uh, we don't really know yet what they're going to do with Khabib Nurmagomedov and his belt. And there's also Charles Oliveira, who's won eight in a row and is coming off an amazing win over Tony Ferguson back in December. And you got names like Justin Gaethje out there as well. There's a lot to discuss regarding the 155-pound division. And so I suspect if you're living on the East Coast, and this might be foreign to everyone else and i know there might be an east coast bias here but like it is snowing a lot outside i don't know if you know this it is snowing a lot so you might be stuck at home you might be shoveling right now fire up an old school edition of the hawani show and let me keep you company first things first uh we're going to hear from dustin poirier then we're going to hear from michael chandler we're also going to hear from charles Oliveira and his translator they all have a, a a case to be made for that 155 pound title. They all have a lot of interesting things to say. All three conversations were fascinating. And so I look forward to talking to all of them. But first, let us talk to the man who defeated Conor McGregor. Not this past Saturday, last Saturday, 
Massive win for Dustin Poirier. Where does he go from here? Who does he want next? Does he want the belt? Is he the champion already? All those questions shall be asked right now. Congratulations once again on uh, what you accomplished in Abu Dhabi. Could I ask, you know, like the last, uh, what is it, nine days? Have you ever experienced anything like this? Like, does this feel different than anything in the past, even the the victory over Holloway? You know, dude, this victory, more people have reached out to me than ever before. And uh, whether that's podcasts, requests, interview requests, um, just you know, g- good messages, you know, people writing me emails and telling me that uh, I inspired them or to keep chasing my dreams, keep pushing. It's all positive stuff. I'm very thankful for everyone. I know I haven't really addressed everyone on on a big scale like that, but I'm getting all the messages. Um, you know, I'm still digesting everything from, from this past week and, and getting caught up here with my home and my life in Louisiana. But I see everything and I appreciate all the love for sure to everyone who's reached out. Obviously, you appreciate it, but I'm just wondering, is it at all overwhelming? Like, all of a sudden, you have this probably like an avalanche of people coming at you. It is, but at the same time, you know, if you let it be, but I, I, I protect my energy, man. I don't spread myself out too much, and I have to make sure that I continue doing that because, mm-hmm. you know, uh, everybody wants a, you know, everybody wants something, right. and I only have so much to give, so I just got to protect my energy. How many times have you watched the fight at this point? We watched it, you know, because I fought early in the morning in Abu Dhabi and I didn't leave till later that night. So I had probably 12 hours between the fight and uh, heading to the airport. So we went back to my hotel room there in Abu Dhabi with my coaches and we rewatched we watched it there. And then when I got home, I rewatched it with my brother. So I've seen it a few times. And, and ob- I mean, obviously, you've had a tremendous career at this point, even if it you know ended today. It's a Hall of Fame career. Would you say, though, that was the greatest moment of your career? Dude, I, I think, you know, beating Max Holloway and getting an interim belt was was it's tough to say, man. You know, like this, I've kind of been the travel and, and this, all the people reaching out and stuff. It's kind of I've just kind of been numb to it all. The Max Holloway thing, flying back with that belt, um, going through the airport with the belt, coming back home to Louisiana, that, that felt bigger to me for some reason. Okay. Um, and, and when you, and you have, you know, this task in front of you that meant something to you six and a half years ago, you've talked open how that loss changed your life and your perspective on fighting and whatnot. Did you feel number one, did you feel more anxious than normal considering this is your chance to right this wrong, to, to put that one to bed? You know, you had to talk about it for so long. Did you feel like in, in the days leading up to the fight, did it feel at all different than some of your other fights because of what he represented to your life and career? No, I knew I knew what a win would mean to my career, and I knew how big of a superstar he is, and all eyes would be on us. But I don't think that added anything. Okay. You know? Yeah. What about the aftermath? I'm sure you've thought about exacting revenge. Did it feel as good, more or less, than what you had had dreamed about? I don't know. Um, I don't, I'm not sure. It, it felt good to 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 win for sure. It, that felt good. And, and to win in that fashion, you know, just to, to, to knock him out, to stop him. Um, nobody's done that. So that felt good. But I honestly haven't looked back at it or went back. I didn't go back to the room and, and think of this whole thing like got you back. I, I still still don't think that. OK, um, you have been you and your, your corner have been, you know, applauded for the great game plan. 
many different levels, like the takedown, the clinch, and obviously the calf kicks were huge in, in setting up the finish in the second round. Was 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 the takedown and the clinch work, especially at the, the beginning of the fight, was that part of the plan or was that something that just presented itself early on and you took advantage of it? Well, we know I'm, I'm me and my team know I'm dangerous in the dirty boxing, um, in the clinch. So I thought I'd be able to land good shots there. And we also thought if it got there, we'd, we'd make him strain and, and get his arms full of blood and maybe take away some of the pop when we got back to the middle of the octagon. And the takedown, <clears throat> the, the plan was to be a mixed martial artist. It was, the, the plan wasn't go out there, kick his leg, um, get a takedown. It was to, to do whatever's available, to use all of my weapons. That was the main thing preached throughout this whole training camp. To, to kick when I saw an opening, to punch when I saw an opening, throw elbows, to use my takedowns, to, to use my trips, to, to just show my full arsenal and try to beat him everywhere. Chip, chip, chip away until an opportunity presented itself to, to end the fight. And in this one, it, it just pre presented itself a little sooner than I expected. Were you surprised that, you know, that lead leg was as exposed as it was throughout even after those initial kicks? Like, were you expecting him to adjust? In the heat of the moment, I wasn't really, you know, I had no uh, expectation from him to start making adjustments. I was just trying to fight and damage him. But I know from experience how bad those things hurt. And once that thing starts swelling and once you start feeling the pain from that, even when you check, it, it hurts. That, that's one of the most painful um, injuries I've ever had when I fought Jim Miller and he was calf kicking me. And that was a three round fight. So I knew if I just kept adding them up, you know, I was making deposits and uh, they were going to pay off. Uh, one thing that I've seen analysts say over the past week is that uh, he has changed his his stance a little bit to a more conventional boxing style as opposed Look, to what dude, he had. Everybody's a everybody's a, a damn analyst. Yeah. Everybody has something to say. This is motivated Connor. He loses. He's not. Oh, this was unmotivated Connor. Um, he's not as loose as he used to be. He's more stiff now. Mm -hmm. Everybody has something to say. You know, I'm just those are all opinions to me, man. Like I've been preaching this whole damn training camp. That's all noise. You know, right. I, I knew who I was fighting and I don't want to hear anybody else's breakdown of what they <laughs> thought Connor looked like. Cause if he would have starched me, everybody would be saying, wow, this is the best Connor's ever looked. So I don't give a fuck. I hear you. I was just curious. I was going to ask you if you agreed with that, if you agreed that he had changed his stance and if it was to his detriment. Um, I think he, all of his fights, he's a little bit, you know, a little bit different with the, the way he moves. Maybe he wasn't as open stanced as, as he was in some other fights, but I, I haven't done a side-by-side -side or a breakdown thing yet. I just go on Twitter and I see everybody's an expert. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's a body language expert. I <laughs> saying I lost the fight before I walk out there. Um, get ready. Connor's in shape. He's motive. He's more motivated. Than he's ever been. And then, you know, I just, this is the stuff that, makes me not enjoy mixed martial arts. What, all the opinions? Just all the opinions, and they don't mean anything. I know that, right. but just everybody's um, everybody's ability to, to chime in and, and, and have something to say on, on the – and I guess that's any sport, you know? Right. I'm just so tired of what people think, honestly. Um, speaking of that, one thing that really stuck with me is, like, literally seconds after the fight, I think you were talking to DC, and I think he confirmed that on Monday last week where you said like, correct me if I didn't get the exact uh, phrase correct, but like, didn't you say like, I hate this or I hate this process or something to that effect. What, what, what did you mean by that? Do, do you remember what I'm talking about? <clears throat> yeah. I told him, I said, I don't, I don't even, 
I don't even love this anymore. Yeah. You just got this massive win. Why say that? What, what prompted you to say that? Because the, the whole week I, uh, I felt that way. And it's been, you know, lots of fights that I felt that way. Just the process. I started like, I just really don't enjoy the process. Everybody says you have to enjoy the process. I hate it. Only thing I like about it, about mixed martial arts is the fight. Hmm. Of course, I enjoy the camaraderie and the, the fun times and the training and, and being in the gym with my friends and, and working on new stuff. I enjoy all that stuff, but just the whole, the way media plays stuff and the way these articles are written up and the way the fan base is most of the time, it's just a turnoff to me. Is that something but like, can you, I love the actual act of fighting. I love one-on-one okay. -on -one competition, the purity of it, the truth of it. That's what keeps me in love with, with this whole thing is that, there's that. That's the light. That's the, the the light at the end of the tunnel for me is is that the, no matter what all these articles and all this other stuff and everybody, even even the way fighters are getting known nowadays, talking trash and doing all this stuff. It's just so gross to me. I'm just so happy that fighting is still is always going to remain the truth. You know, none of that stuff matters. What matters is the fight. And there's no hiding or faking that. Uh, I was wondering if in the moment you meant like hurting another man, because this has happened to some fighters in the past. Like, you know, even Ali talked about it towards the end of his career. Like he didn't want to hurt people anymore. Like, no, you... I, I want to hurt these guys. Okay. All right. Uh, do you remember when you started to feel this way? Like, was there something that made you start to feel this way about the game, the sport, if you will? I'm not sure. It, it didn't like happen overnight. It's probably been just my entire career of being counted out and, um, when I flipped the switch to stop caring about all the media and stuff like that, that's maybe when it, when it happened, like I just so sick of all the stuff, all the opinions out there. Okay. Uh, one last thing on but the hey, go, going, going back to that. I, I don't have a problem with damaging people. Trust okay. me. I, that's not what I was gotcha. talking about, but I do, uh, you know, I do respect these guys going in there. These guys, some of them have families as well. And uh, you know, I, I do pray before fights that me and my opponent both come out safe mm -hmm. so i'm uh, you know i'm not i'm not that much of an asshole but i am trying to hurt these guys yes i hear you uh one last thing on the actual fight itself did it at all increase your confidence early on when you were taking his best shot and this wasn't 178 all over again and you know we all remember now an iconic moment you pointing back at him uh when you hit him with a big shot like did you feel like all right like this is not the same i'm not the same guy he's not the same guy it's all good. Did that, did you notice an increase in confidence once he landed some shots and you know, you didn't get rocked or dropped? I, I, when I sat on the stool after the first round, I, I felt good and I was excited to start the second round. I felt like uh, things were moving in my, in the way I wanted it to. I felt good. Yeah. My confidence definitely was growing, but I don't know if it was from eating shots. Yeah. I don't want to do that. Um, yeah. and, and those shots I got hit with were, were good, good shots. Were you at all surprised with how cool he was about it? Uh, he seemed almost genuinely happy for you. There was a nice moment caught on camera between him and your wife. I thought it was awesome that your wife went back to to thank him. Like there was no friction, no nothing. Like it was actually like kind of, it was amazing to see the respect between you guys after all these years. Were you surprised at all? It's one thing to do that before the fight, but after the fight could be different. Yeah. Did that surprise you? I, well, I'm not surprised uh, by that, but, but, you're correct, man. To, to do it before is one thing. And then to, to lose in that fashion and, and then to still be that guy. Good for him. Um, 
nothing but respect for the guy. He was very respectful all week. And, you know, he got knocked down and it happens to all of us. And this guy's a champion and the ground is no place for a champion. I've, I've said it again and I've said it before and I'll say it again. He'll, he'll rise if he wants to. He'll get back up, dust himself off and see what's next. But he was very respectful all week. And uh, that's all I got to say about it. And so speaking of what's next, here we are uh, nine days removed. Have they reached out to you or your management yet about what they might want to do with you next? They, of course, being the UFC. No, I haven't heard anything from them. Are you surprised? Kind of. But it's just it's business, man. They'll reach out when they want something, when they need when they want to fight or when they have something. Maybe they haven't reached out because they don't have anything. They, they're still trying to figure it out. They need to have meetings and see what's next or whatever. I don't know the, the process with them. Let's just say they call you up. I'm Dana White. Hey, Dustin, what do you want next? You're in the driver's seat. You're, I mean, you're the, if, if Habib is truly gone, you are the you know, most talked about man in the division. Everyone wants you, right? Everyone wants a piece of you. What do you want next? We'll see. I, I don't know. I, uh, I believe I'm the world champion right now. If Khabib's not fighting, I'm the world champion. Would you like to be given the title if he says I'm done? Well, given is a word I would never, never use. Uh, I don't want to be given anything. I want, I want to, I have earned and I want to continue right. to earn everything I have. But I guess what I meant was like, if he leaves and he relinquishes the title, then obviously you would be one half of the vacant title fight. Would you want to be the champion going into that fight? Like basically, like, you know, how they, they gave Ronda Rousey a belt before her debut. This is different, but you, you know what I'm saying? Like, do you feel like if he relinquishes it, it shouldn't be a vacant title fight. It should be Dustin's the champion now. Well, if we're talking business, when you're the world champion, you get a pay-per-view share. So right. that's a big difference. There have been non-champions. Did you get a pay-per-view for this one? Listen, Ariel, I'm not asking you how much ESPN pays you. No, no, no. I'm not asking for how much. I'm just saying, did you get a cut of the pie? Me and my family are happy, man. I'm doing what I love okay. to do and, and making a great living. I, I think you, you deserve a cut of the pie. And, and there have been non-champions, as you, as you know, Masvidal, Diaz, who have gone to cut of the pie. And, you know, they've, uh, they've rewarded them with that. So I, I think you're very much uh, in the right for asking for that. So you don't have a preference? like Because we, we heard from Connor, right? Connor's coach told me last week they want you trilogy fight for the belt. Uh, obviously, there's a Gaethje out I, there. I'm not sure if the UFC would do that, you know. Uh, why wasn't that one for the belt? politics we're chasing Khabib or I don't what's going on here why wasn't that one for the belt uh I have no clue what what direction they're going to move in obviously Gaethje's coming off a loss too so I, I don't know what's we have Chandler and there's Oliveira um I need to go look at the rankings to see exactly the order that we are we're in now I know I'm I know I'm number one I think uh, Gaethje might be number two Mm, yes, and then it's uh, and then it's uh, Charles, and then it's Chandler. Right. I just don't think uh, coming. Ha there, it's happened in the UFC before, right? Somebody's come off of a loss fight and oh, yeah. fought for the belt. Plenty of times. Right. So we'll see. I don't know what they're gonna do. I don't want to. You don't think they would do you versus Connor three for the belt? I I could see them totally doing that. Yeah. I mean, maybe so. I, my, I'll, I'll sit by my phone, continue to do what I'm doing, and when they call, we'll figure it out. Would you be down but with I, that? I have no clue. 
I mean, it's one and one. I knocked yeah. him out. He knocked me out. A rubber match. It does make sense. Would it be fair to say that your next fight has to be for a title? Like the title has to be involved, right? Whether or not you okay. have it before or at stake, like that's a, that's a non-starter. Right. I, I think, you know, cause I'm coming off of a title loss, beating a top five guy, uh, beating another top guy. Why wouldn't it be? Right. I who, who else has put the resume together that I have in the last, my last six, seven fights, whatever it's been. And, and also beating Connor, a two eight world champion adds another former world champion to the list of guys that I've taken out. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a handful of guys now too. I think I'm uh, most deserving to be in a title fight out of, out of these guys, but I don't know who it's going to be against when, where, what's going on. Uh, one thing that I wanted to ask you about was uh, obviously we heard what you had to say about Chandler and, and, and you feeling like he should win a couple more before being in that conversation. And I was thinking, and I don't know if it went over people's heads, but you know, I think some people were surprised that you were so like adamant about that. And I was wondering if it had anything to do with what happened in the fall where basically you were trying to fight, you know, you were, you were in the negotiations to fight Tony and then, he, you know, they didn't give you what you want. And then Tony kind of stood by your side and then Chandler kind of got in between that. Like, do you hold any resentment towards him and, and feel like he should fight a few more, not only because he hasn't been around as long, but because he was kind of used as a wedge between you and Tony. And then ultimately neither of you got the fight. I'm not sure it's, if it's, it's that deep. I think it's more that I just, uh, he beat a guy I already beat, mm -hmm. you know, and, and <clears throat> they're going to put him in a title fight. Why? Why wasn't my fight a title fight just now? I beat the same guy last year. Uh, I, uh, I don't like to play too much into all that stuff or think too much about it because I can draw conclusions and make things up that aren't even, you know, I don't, we don't know what's going on. Right. Um, one name we haven't talked about, which I have to ask you about, obviously, is Nathan Diaz because he isn't always usually very clear about what he wants. And I think he's pretty clear that he wants to. He posted the picture. I'm sure you saw his tweet and all that. Ass. I, I read it in his I read it in his voice <laughs> yeah. uh what, what do you what do you make of that one that option it's exciting it's fun those are the kind of fights that I want to be part of man fights that are exciting to me and that I'm motivated to get up and, and bust my ass every day and that's exciting that's a guy I grew up watching um, a guy who's still a, a very big name that, that's it that's an exciting fight I think the fans would be in in for a great fight if that one happened does it make sense in the lightweight division? No. <laughs> Does it make sense where I'm at standing on the, in the door front of a title shot? No, but it's a fun fight and this is entertainment and this is uh, fighting. So. so you'd be open to it. Before I move past the Connor trilogy and, and get too far ahead of myself, I'm, I'm open to fights that excite me and this one excites me. Yeah. Would it be fair? I just want to make sure I'm I'm 100% clear. Would it be fair to say Connor Trilogy's is at the top of the list? I want to be the world champ, man. That, you know, I, I don't want to. I saw like a couple of reporters texting me and asking me stuff about like because I said I'm not in love with this no more. That doesn't mean that I'm not damn good at it. Mm -hmm. You know, I I do love the fight. I just don't like a lot of other stuff about this business but I do love the fight. So people have been messaging me, asking me, hey, have we seen the last of you? Dude, I'm not, I'm in my prime. I'm 32. I just turned 32 years old and I feel great. My physical and mental are finally on the same level. And uh, I, I feel great. So I just want to get clear of the air. I am not by any means retired or thinking about retirement. I just, 
in a position in my career where I want to be excited and I want fights that make sense. And I've cut my teeth and paid my dues and, and done everything you can to get in this position. And, and that's just it. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, not going to fight it unless it, it's exciting and it makes sense to me. Otherwise, these guys can fight each other and I'll watch. Do you have a preference when you return? Like what month? I'm healthy. I have, I have zero, you know. I'd like some time to be home with my family. We're building a new house. I'd like to be hands-on with some of that uh, at the beginning of it. I just spent nine weeks out in, in South Florida. But I'm not in a rush. But if something comes up, we'll see. You know, I, I'm, I'm open to whatever. I'm healthy. I just got to be excited. And it's got to make sense. And I'm in. What was the reception like back home? I saw you got a few of those cakes, uh, which oh, I man, the king cake, right? Yeah, king cakes. I, I've eaten a few of them. They were <laughs> dropping them off and knocking on my door. I, I woke up uh, the day after I got home, walked outside and hit my foot on a box that somebody else left on, on my porch. Uh, so just like awesome, random man. people, random people yeah. just dropping this off? Yeah. Wow, that is amazing. How many do you think you got? <clears throat> Four or five. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> And some of them you don't even know. I, you don't even know who these people are. Yeah, right. Wow. Before before this fight, I mean, Lafayette, Louisiana, I carried on my back. So before this fight, ever, you know, if I go to the grocery store, I'm talking to people and getting right. recognized often. But but now after such a big win, where the whole city was was out and cheering, you know, it's it's definitely more more now. I mm. actually had like a people waiting in the neighborhood. But when I pulled up, everybody was outside. There was cops with their sirens on. And wow, there was a, there's a big poster up in front of my neighborhood. It says, welcome back. Uh, congratulations on a big win. But I got a funny story, man. I, we, me and my wife fly from Abu Dhabi to Vegas, then from Vegas to Dallas, Dallas to Lafayette. So I've probably been 20-something hours in the air it, it, during that day, just exhausted. We get home. I wanted to see my property because we, we poured our slab to where we're building a house. So it's nighttime. Me and my wife drive to the property and uh, the driveway and everything's not poured yet. Just the slab of the home is. So we get stuck in her car. Oh, wow. So I take my I mean, this is right off the air, right out the airport after traveling all day. I'm exhausted. I'm like, man, this I'm back in Louisiana for sure. I, I pull my pants up. It, it rained earlier. So I got mud all over my knees and shins up. You know, it looks like I was walking through swamps. I get back home and, and my, I didn't clean my feet off. There's no hose or anything out there. So I get all the way back to my house and people are waiting for me outside. I hop out the car with my pants rolled up, mud to my knees. I'm like, damn, dude, people are taking pictures. This is awesome. This is Louisiana. Yeah. I guess it's like a, you come right back down to reality, right? Uh, you're on top of the world and then you got to push your car out of mud. That's incredible. Exactly. When you go, when you come off a plane, off a win like that, and you go to your, your your dream house that you're building in your hometown, that has to be a pretty emotional moment, right? Like, this is your life coming together. Yeah, it's it feels good, man. It it really feels good because I did it the right way, and no corners have been cut, and it just hits different, you know. Whenever you you've done it in blood, you know, nothing was given to me, so I'm very thankful to 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 be where we're at. You even got guys like Jake Paul calling you out. You've made it, Dustin. This is big. I made it. <laughs> I made it. You gonna spar him? I'm not sure. I don't, I don't know, know when I'm going back to, to South Florida. I saw he's over there. He's out in South Florida. Yeah, I don't know if you saw he he threw out the offer for you to 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 spar him before his uh, fight against Ben. I mean, I don't know if that's an offer. <laughs> you think it's uh it's just more for for the internet? Maybe so. That's that's these guys love and and the media and the fan base and stuff. That's what 
counting followers and all that stuff. That's what I hate about this. Right. Right. I love the old school. I love the old school, man. I feel like Just you're taking. I feel. Are, are you? Are you, are you? Are you saying you hate me right now? Is that, I feel like that's what you're saying. Is that what you're saying? No, I love you, man. Okay. You're a great guy. <laughs> Media, you know, we kind of get all sensitive. You paint <clears> us <throat> with the same brush. Um, all right. So where do you go from I'm here? Sure. Well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see when this when this interview comes out. We'll see what oh. headlines you crop and oh come on stuff together and this thing. I, I can't wait. When you put this out, it's going to say Dustin Poirier calls out Jake Paul and no. Nate Diaz. First of all, I don't make the headlines just for the record or okay. pick the all clips. Right. Yeah, you said but, you're keeping yourself safe. You're doing damage control before this thing even comes out. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I'm just saying. Daniel Listen, Cormier makes the headlines probably. He, he's working he with you, right? Yeah. Hey, by the way, you know, when Daniel Cormier wins a big fight, he doesn't get to parade around Lafayette. He goes to his palace in California, all right? So talk about forgetting where you came from. I mean, really. Right. I know. Super jealous. I know. Right I know. He goes back to his gated neighborhood in, in California. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. So we go from one top lightweight contender to the next. We say hello to the man who was victorious in his highly anticipated UFC debut a little over a week ago. Had that amazing win over Dan Hooker right before the Dustin Poirier Conor McGregor fight. Of course, you know him, the multiple time Bellator lightweight champion, one of the hottest names in the sport, the one and only Iron Mike Chandler joining us right now. Michael, how are you? What's up, Earl? Man, I'm doing, doing good, man. Doing good. Could you explain? If you can, can you put into words like what the past eight or so days have been like for you since winning your UFC debut? Have you ever experienced this kind of hysteria, this kind of buzz after any of your wins? You've had a lot, right? You've had an incredible career up until this point. But have you ever experienced this? Does it feel different? Uh, you know, it's it, it, it's funny. It does feel different, but it's all a lot of the same. You know, uh, it, it's, it's so much bigger from a social media standpoint. I mean, obviously these days, um, there's, there's social media, there's people reaching out, there's, there's all of those things that that's kind of how we, we rate the standard of, of buzz. Right. And it's, and it's getting opportunities, um, to be on shows and do interviews. And of course those things have, have increased. Um, but still, you know, I'm just, just dad, I'm just husband, just, you know, now kind of putzing around here in Nashville. Cause since I got back, still got daddy do, or still got daddy duty, still got, you know, some Amazon boxes I got to take out, you know, you still got to go back to normal life. And, and, and truthfully, it's just been a, a huge blessing. It's been a great ride. It's only been a week now. Um, everything has grown exponentially and we're talking about fighting for the title this year, hopefully. So it will just keep getting bigger and, uh, just enjoying the ride, man. I've, I've, like you said, I won a couple world titles and nothing even holds a candle to this UFC debut. Wow. So you, you, you could say, you know, kind of sincerely that this one feels bigger than any of those Bellator, world titles yeah for sure and and it's 
Um, you know, and, and granted, it could have been a main event on a UFC fight night. It could have been, you know, a co-main event for not a Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier fight, and it would have been maybe different. But, you know, having that co-main event slot, all eyeballs were on me and Dan Hooker leading into that Conor versus Poirier main event. I realized it was a phenomenal opportunity. It was the opportunity that I wanted. It was the opportunity that I got. Um, luckily, Dan Hooker was the guy that said yes. He took a, he took a chance. He, he was the guy who dipped his toe into the water, you know, being the outsider coming in as we alluded to Bellator from Bellator, now nobody wanted to be the guy who fought me first. And, and either that's a testament to my skills, a testament to the way the UFC sees me or a testament to just, you know, not being the first guy who dips his toe into the water. Dan Hooker did. I'm very, very thankful for that opportunity. And now here we are. Regarding all the buzz, is there any part of you that's like, you know, where have all you guys been over the past 10 years? You know, like <laughs> I've been doing this. I'm still the same guy. I've had incredible highlight reel finishes. Where was all the buzz before? Do you have any resentment towards that? No, not resentment because I get it. Listen, I mean, what the UFC has built over the last 25 years is, is the epitome of combat sports, uh, the epitome of a combat sports platform. It is the biggest, the most eyeballs, the most buzz, the most mainstream, the most worldwide. It, it just is. And, and every single guy from another organization, guy or gal from another organization who says, you know, organization, you know, the UFC doesn't have the best fighters or the UFC doesn't have the biggest platform or the UFC doesn't this or doesn't that, I mean, they're saying it, they're saying it to protect their, their status amongst their employer. They're saying it to, to save face and they're saying it somewhat knowing that it's, it's not true. And that's not a knock on, you know, Bellator or these other organizations. They're just not as big, nor will they maybe ever be as big. You know, the UFC just does things different. Dana White is a different individual, his foot soldiers underneath him who are, who are running this company uh, with him know how to build a brand, a worldwide global enterprise. And that's what they're doing. I've seen the difference because trust me, I've been on the other side of it. And uh, it's uh, so it's just much bigger. It's it's I expected it. A lot more people who didn't think I was that cool just uh, six months ago, all of a sudden you win the fight in the UFC and all of a sudden they start reaching out. It's really interesting. But um, either way, you keep the main thing, the main thing. We want that UFC gold. I don't care what comes along with it. I want that UFC gold. And we will get to that in a second. I'm just curious, uh, considering all the big fights you've been in leading up to this point, were you at all maybe a little more anxious, a little more nervous in the moments leading up in the locker room, the day of the fight because of what was at stake here? I'll tell you what, it, it was the exact opposite. Listen, wow. um, and, and I've said this too, and, and maybe you can unpack this from a guy who's spoken to every single, from the lowest brand new fighter on the totem pole to the, the greatest guys and gals in the sport. Listen, it is much harder to step into hand-to-hand -hand combat with a person that you were supposed to beat than mm. it is to step inside the, the octagon, the cage, with a person that is supposed to beat you. Listen, when you're an underdog, you got nothing to lose. Listen, I've, I've spent 12 years in this sport. I've made a great living. i got a wife that loves me, a son that loves me, my family loves me, my God loves me. I am a whole and happy-hearted person. Um, so winning my UFC debut, winning the UFC gold, all that stuff is great, but it's, it's not what really makes me tick. Um, but over the last 12 years, stepping in, in the hand-to-hand -hand combat with people that I'm supposed to finish in the first round, you know, when, I was, when I'm a perennial top 10 lightweight and I'm fighting a guy that maybe no one has heard of and I'm supposed to finish them in the first round and, and finishing them not in a dominant fashion or not looking phenomenal is, is falling short and people start to wonder if you lost a step. Those are tough. Those are scary scenarios. Those are things you get nervous about. Me stepping into the UFC octagon in front of 
tens of millions of people on a Conor McGregor pay-per-view to co-main event against Dan Hooker, a top five lightweight who everyone has a ton of respect for. It was kind of a win-win situation, you know? Um, I feel like at this point, everything's a win-win situation. I wasn't supposed to be here, you know? I, I was supposed to, in a lot of people's eyes, just sail off into the sunset as the, the best Bellator fighter to ever live. And now I got a great contract with a great organization that, with a great opportunity ahead of me. And it was the easiest, most calm and confident I've ever been in my entire life. So much wow. so that it was a little bit, little bit weird. I was waiting for Henry Hooft or Kami, my, my cornerman, to be like, hey, man, why are you laughing and smiling so much? Like you're about to, you're about to get into a fight in front of millions of people, like get serious. And I just, I couldn't, I was serious, but I was a joyful, happy, serious. And it was just, it was phenomenal. I can't wait to go do it again, man. I, I, wow. I'm ready to do it again. And, and I've okay. have proven that. Okay. Um, be honest though, when you were dreaming of the fight, envisioning the fight, did you think it would end that soon? Like, were you expecting a first round finish? I always hope for a first round finish, but I never expect it. Um, especially a guy like Dan Hooker. I mean, Dan Hooker, it takes, it takes Dan Hooker's opponents an average of 122 significant strikes to beat him. Wow. It took me 17 uh, and dropped him after number four or five, put him on the ground and then hit him with a couple. He's never been knocked out to the head. Um, he's been knocked out to the body, but he's never been knocked out to the head. Um, the guy's barely ever been finished. He's never been finished in the first round. So to, to say that I expected that to happen, I'd be lying to you. I knew I had a tough, tough test in, in front of me. I knew I had a tall order, both literally and figuratively. Everybody kept talking about the height difference. I think it was, I think it was perfect. The height difference. I looked so short compared to him because he's just such a tall guy. He, he says he's listed at six foot. I think he's listed at taller than that. So we knew there was, it was a tough, uh, it was a tough road ahead of us, but, um, man, it, it worked out perfectly. I did not expect it, but I'm glad it did. I took zero damage. And I'm ready to go stepping up. Everything about it was incredible. But can you just do me this one favor, please? Can, can you just stop with the backflip? I mean, the back. Just are you are you done with it? I mean, I won't ever do that again. I, oh my god! Actually, just so just to, for the record, I have never in my entire life done a backflip off of the top of a cage. I decided to do it first time, no practice in front of tens of millions of people as the co-main event on a Conor McGregor pay per view. Yeah. Could have went really, really great, which yeah. it did, thank God, or it, it could have went really, really bad. So I'll keep it. I'll keep it on the canvas from now on. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it was just like everything from the the actual flip to the landing was somewhat terrifying. Um, you, you got it. Now you could get it out of your system. And then what about that promo? Can we just talk about that promo? I mean, that, can you just tell me? So you're just just for my ego. You're listening to DC and I. I mean, the number one show at ESPN, and you see us talking about how you're Ric Flair. You're the champion coming from another organization. And then you, what do you do? You go look at the promo, you go find it, and then you try to emulate it and you give it your own little spin, which I appreciate because I know you're not a big pro wrestling fan, right? Did you even know about this? No, I'm not. I didn't. And, and yeah, I mean, I, I was watching the greatest, the greatest show on earth, DC and Hawani, you know, Thank just you, avid, avid listener. Thank uh, you. I was watching you guys and because it, it completely made sense. I saw your point of view. It's like, there are so many more accomplished, more experienced men and women who are in the UFC who deserve to be in the video game more than I do. And I actually will side with you on this one. Of course, I like the DC's take because DC <laughs> said I should be in the video game. Right. And then, then he compared me to, to Ric Flair. Um, so I had to go back and I had to go watch the promo and I said, shoot, man, there's something here, you know, and uh, watched it, loved it. And I thought, well, who do I want to fight next? Well, definitely Connor, definitely Poirier, definitely Khabib, even though we know Khabib's probably not coming back anytime soon. But uh, those were the three guys that I wanted to mention. Those are the three guys that I knew when I had, when I was going to dispatch of Dan Hooker, those were going to be the guys that were ahead of me. Um, 
not to mention, you know, those two, the two of those three were going to be fighting in that main event when the whole world was watching. So to be honest with you, uh, I blacked out whenever it happened. You know, I don't really remember it happening, but I've watched it a couple of times and I've kind of pulled it off. So we'll keep on running with it. You freaking nailed it. And then like two days later, I see you on a Zoom with Ric Flair. How did that happen? Right here. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, he had reached out to my management and said, hey, man, because he told me when we first got on the call, he's like, you know, Michael, I'm getting a lot of I'm getting a lot of publicity because of you right now, <laughs> you know, because everybody kept tagging him and saying, right. hey, this guy, Ric Flair, Ric Flair. Um, just what an honor. You know, he, he reached out him and his, his wife reached out and uh, wanted to personally congratulate me. And I sat right here and Zoomed with him and, you know, living, living legend. It was just really cool. Um, I did. Uh, and I have it on video, you know, who knows it'll ever happen, but I did, uh, he said he was going to call Dana and ask, ask if we can make it happen. But I, I think we might end up with a, a Ric Flair walking out with me. In no way. And I said, but you have to wear that red robe. He had that, he had that red robe back yes. there. Oh my. You have to write, walk out with me. So we'll see what happens, man. You know, obviously hopefully a, a friendship was born that day. Um, he's a living legend. What, what an honor, man. And I'm just, I'm just living a dream right now. And, and, uh, really excited about where this where this road's going to take us wow and you'd be down with that rick flair walking you out well yeah of course i okay. mean you know it's it, you know it's, it's kind of the i mean as a man as as, a, as an entertainer rick flair it doesn't really get much better than, no. than rick flair right you know um of course i want people to still you know look at me like this guy is a legitimate mixed martial artist he is a he is yep. the epitome of champion this guy is going to be a champion in the division but if we want to you know throw a little extra spice on there to entertain people and make this sport fun you know i i will say as i said fighting outside the ufc beating fighting people that i was supposed to be feeling like i wasn't really getting the the platform that god really put me in this sport to to attain there was a lot of there was a lot of not fun times with it there was a lot of feeling like I was flying under the radar, being underutilized, being a diamond in the rough that may never really see the light of day. And I feel like right now, just over the last eight days, I've gotten more shine, more platform, more opportunity that I have in the last eight years. And, and that brings about a new sense of joy, a new sense of excitement. So um, I just want to, I want to take this, this ride as long as possible. I want to win world titles. I want to make a great living for my family and I want to have fun with it, you know? So I want the sport to be fun. Well, that would be incredible. Holy smokes. I can't believe our little stupid conversation has led to this potentially. <laughs> uh, so we look forward to that. Okay. So now let's talk about the future. Let's be very clear. What and who do you want next? I think, I think with Dustin Poirier's performance, I think with my performance, I think it, the, both of those warrant uh, us to fight for the title next. Uh, Dustin Poirier, for sure. Dust, I mean, I take, I take my, my selfish hat off right now and, and just look at it from a, a, an outsider's perspective. Dustin Poirier needs to be one half of that, of that world title conversation. Obviously, he's earned it. Um, I think my performance, the domination of a guy who has never been dominated like that, the finishing of a guy in two and a half minutes, which it took Dustin Poirier 25 minutes to beat him, and he didn't even finish him at that. Um, I think it just doesn't, it doesn't show that I'm necessarily levels above Dustin Poirier or levels above any of these guys, but it does show that on any given night, I can put away any of these guys and in a dominant fashion in an exciting fashion and in a, in a very fast fashion. Um, but we will see, you can't, you can't, um, you can't fault Dustin for taking, I mean, obviously they're talking about the Conor McGregor trilogy. That's a great trilogy. That's a, that's a, a combat sports fans dream to see those two guys fight again they're one and one each of them with a tko um so if that happens i think more than anything we need some clarity in the lightweight division you know what what is khabib doing if he's not coming back relinquish the belt and and 
I'll tell you what, things are working out perfectly. Stars are aligning right now with me and another man named Justin Gaethje, with both of us behind the wheel, with our foot on their gas, with, no, with all gas, no brakes, headed towards a collision course inside of an, the UFC octagon. That would be an awesome fight. That's a fight that I think the stars have aligned perfectly um, to happen. We are obviously the clear, clear number one contenders. Me, him, and Oliveira are all clear number one contenders. Um, Justin Gaethje's coming off of a loss. Dustin Poirier finished, you know, uh, beating Tony Ferguson. Me finishing Dan Hooker. Man, there's, there's no shortage of great lightweights in this division. No shortage of great names in this division. I'd like for my name to be attached to that UFC lightweight title fight. We'll see what happens. Okay, so um, as a follow-up, do you think it's time they take the belt off Khabib respectfully just because he, he's very clear, I think, about what he wants to do, and that's not fight again. And I, and I think everyone should respect his reason. The next fight, like the next time Dustin fights, do you think that should be for the vacant title regardless of opponent? Do you think he's earned that a side or B side of a, of a title fight next. And it should be for the vacant title at this point, or do you think they should keep the belt on Habib for at least another year to give him a little more time? He has. Okay. So your first question, do I think they should pull, I don't ever want to use the word strip or really, really obviously Khabib is the greatest of all time. Khabib deserves, you know, he's, he's the, the lightweight champion, but he has made it clear. Yes. He's not coming back. It's already been a quarter of a year. It's been going on four months since he said, I'm not coming back. They had kind of the tease of whether or not he's coming mm-hmm. back. He definitely saw something spectacular in me. He saw something spectacular in Dustin. It still wasn't enough for him to come back. Charles Oliveira looked spectacular back in December. I mean, at some point, he's got, he's got to admit, I'm not coming back. Dana is going to need to admit to himself that, that Khabib is not coming back. And we need to move on with the lightweight division in a, as you said, respectful manner. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, yes, that title should be up for grabs very soon. As far as Poirier goes, the hard part about Poirier is – at this point, I don't know if they're willing to put a title on the line with the Poirier or, or Connor fight. Obviously, that's all up to the UFC, but that fight's probably going to happen. I mean, how, you can't necessarily fault Dustin Poirier for taking the, the big-time fight against Connor. but the problem with that is you're, you're, essentially, um, you're essentially conceding that you don't want to fight for the title next if they don't make that for the title, which I don't know if they will, but they probably won't. So Dustin will be conceding, okay, I'm going to take the big fight, the money fight, the Connor fight over – the title so maybe it could be me and whoever for the title me and Gaethje me and uh Oliveira uh I don't know so it's it's a hard question and I can't really answer it directly because well actually I can Poirier can choose to fight for the title next or he can choose to take the money big fight Mm. and if he chooses that then we could we could get some clarity in the lightweight division put a title on somebody's waist and then I can defend it um sometime in the fall how you how would you feel if they did Poirier versus Connor for the belt for the vacant title? Man, this is a I don't know. Like I'm I'm operating from the standpoint that, like I said, I'm on borrowed time right now. I'm enjoying all of this. This is so much fun. This is a this is a new time in my a new time in my career, a new birth of who I am and what I'm doing. So I don't really have time to sit to sit back and let that bother me if they did. Listen, who's the biggest name in combat sports? Connor McGregor by far. Who is the number one lightweight contender um, and proven himself? Dustin Poirier. The UFC has earned the right over the last 28 years, um, as long as they've been building this company, to make decisions that a lot of people don't like, make decisions that maybe it's, it's contrary to popular opinion. So if they did, I wouldn't be mad. If they, if they don't, I understand why. Um, if I don't get the next title shot, I understand why. Um, so I'm just kind of taking it in – in stride 
I, I will be indifferent about that decision. All, all I know was I to make myself the clear number one contender in a car crash with Justin Gaethje. Okay. Um, did you happen to see Dustin's response when he was asked about potentially fighting you next? And if so, what did you make of it? I did. It was a little disheartening. You know, I mean, it, it Here's what I would say, and I say this in the most respectful way possible. The, this whole like earning it thing, the kid hasn't earned it, Chandler hasn't earned it, Michael hasn't earned it, earned it, earned it. It's like, listen, man, yeah, I'm new to the UFC, but I'm not new to the sport. You know, I'm going on 30 fights here in the next couple fights. I got 27 fights of hand to hand combat, mano y mano, one on one under the unified, unified rules of mixed martial arts. Maybe it wasn't in an octagon, maybe it wasn't in the same cage that you have fought in 20 something times, but I've done it. And I've done it with some of the best of them. I've done it with former UFC champions. I've done it with a lot of them. I've been a perennial top 10, top 15 guy, even at my worst, even when I lost fights, even when I had to pull myself back up and dust myself off. Don't use the word hasn't the word, the phrase hasn't earned it around me. Now I just came into your organization. I just came into the top five, kicked down the door, knocked out a guy in two and a half minutes that you couldn't finish in 25 minutes. And I think I've cemented myself as a top guy. Have I earned it in the UFC yet? No. But, but if, if that's the case, I'm not going to earn it in the UFC to his standards for the next 10 fights. You know, the guy's got 26 fights in the UFC. At what point do I earn it? So I kind of – I kind of uh, – I, I heard it loud and clear right away. And then I started thinking about it and, and thought, man, it's a little bit – it is definitely a little bit um, on the – I'm not going to use the word – disrespectful, even though I just did, it's probably going to make the headline. Um, but it, it just, it kind of is, and it, but it doesn't really matter at this point. I've cemented myself inside the top five. I finished the, I finished the guy that nobody else thought I was going to be able to finish cemented myself in the top five. And we're going to, we're going to see some clarity. You know, I've said yes now to every single opportunity. I said yes to three different opponents in October. I said yes to numerous opponents in January. I end up being on Dan Hooker. Matter of fact, I even said yes to another opportunity here in the next couple of weeks get to try to get some, some clarity in the UFC lightweight division. I've showed up from outsider to insider to dark horse to contender within the, next, the last couple months. So you think I earned it, whether you think I earned it or not is irrelevant. I'm going to win the world title here in 2021. What's that opportunity in the next couple of weeks? I said yes to an opportunity. I, I was, I had a phone call. Um, it just said, Hey, would you be willing to fight in the next couple of weeks? And I said, yes. Um, there's a big pay-per-view coming up. I said yes to it. Um, I knew I wasn't, I wasn't, didn't have any names being thrown around necessarily, but I knew that it would be somebody by process of elimination, somebody ranked ahead of me. Mm -hmm. And is that happening? It's not happening. I had a 24, I had a 24 ounce bone in ribeye sitting in front of me at Kane Prime Steakhouse, my favorite place on earth, my favorite place uh, to eat on earth. I stopped eating it right then and there. I was on a plane to Florida. I landed in Florida 48, 48 hours later because I said yes to another opportunity. I was ready to stay there and train for the next four, train for the next eight days and then hop on a flight to Vegas. Um, it did not come to come, that This opportunity did not come to fruition based on the other person um, saying no. But um, I said, yes, I'm trying to get some clarity in this lightweight division. I'm trying to, I'm trying to strike, strike while the iron is hot. This UFC lightweight division needs a, a fresh mix-up, a fresh face, a fresh leader, and I'm right here to put myself on the leaderboard. Wait a second. Wait a second. You're, you're back home in Nashville. You're at your favorite steakhouse. You're eating. You get a call to fight. Is this on the February 13th pay-per-view? 
Okay. Yeah. At this point, I didn't know it needed a new co- – at this point, I didn't know it needed a new co-main event. Because yeah, uh, of Chris out, Weidman and Uriah Hall, right? Yeah, it come to find out, it turns out that was it. But we, you know, we we didn't know that. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I said I was asked, would you be willing to fight February thirteenth? I, without hesitation, said yes. Wow! And and then you got on a plane to Florida, and then the fight fell through, and then you came back home. Yeah. What? That's cra- that. This all happened last week. Yeah. Who was the opponent? I, I, you know, the opponent, you're just not telling me, right? I mean, I know by process of elimination who they, who they, who they were probably talking to, um, who? but Gaethje or, or Oliveira. I don't know. I mean, the UFC, UFC is a big organization, great organization. There's no shortage of lightweight. There's only a couple that are ranked ahead of me. Um, so we'll leave it at that. Wow. And are you bummed? It's not happening. Heck yeah. I'm bummed, man. I was ready to step back <laughs> into that UFC octagon, continue to climb the ranks, continue to climb the ladder because all these other guys want to sit out and, and, and jockey for position. Now, listen, I understand. Am I, am I disappointed? Absolutely. But do I hold it against anybody who's not taking the fights against me? No, I'm not. Listen, Ariel, let's just go by pro- Let's just go down the line real quick for everybody who, who doesn't know. I signed in September. I said, yes, to Poirier, yes to Ferguson in October. Turns out they both said no. I turned into the backup for the world title fight. Then I wanted to fight in January. Names, Poirier gets booked against Connor. Uh, Ferguson said no in January. Keiichi said no in January. Oliveira said no in January. Dan Hooker says yes, I fight Dan Hooker. I'm, I'm by no means a yes man. I'm here to stand up for myself, but I'm here to strike, strike while the iron is hot, boys. There's, you got to make hay while the sun is shining, and the sun is shining on the UFC lightweight division, the most energetic, most electrifying, most shaken up, most fun division, most deep division in the, in the UFC, man. And, and I'm here uh, to have a good time, and I said yes. I'm, gonna, I'm saying yes while a lot of other guys are saying no, but it's, uh, it's neither here nor there. As I said, am I disappointed? Yes, but do I hold it against these guys? Absolutely not. So what are the chances now this gets moved to the March 6th one, the March 27th pay-per-view? There's a few coming up. Is that the plan? There, there is, no, that, and, and that's not the plan. So here, there's a big difference between saying, hey, listen, I'm in shape. I just yeah. got done with the training camp. I can leave my family for 12 days, 14 days, 16 days, go climb the lightweight ranks, go solidify myself as a number one contender, go make another paycheck. There's a big difference in that. And then saying, okay, Hey, you can fight in March or early April. Now I got to go leave him for six more weeks. Listen, I was in training camp back in 2020 from March to August, then September, then from August to October. And then from November, all the way to January, man, I got to give my family time, my time, my service, my love. I want to be right here under this roof here in Nashville with them um, for the next four or five, six weeks. I want to take some trips. My wife's favorite thing in the world is to travel the world. So, so we're going to do some traveling. Um, and I deserve, my body deserves a little bit of rest, a little bit of reset. Um, but it's going to, be a, it's going to be a nice, fun summer. And I will solidify myself either as the world champion or the number one contender in the lightweight division. Tell me, Crystal Ball, honestly, what do you think happens for you next and for the title? Who, who do you think is your next opponent because of what just happened here? Because I actually think, look, this is the way it works. Sometimes you step up, they'll reward you. You don't step up. You kind of go a little bit to the back of the line. So I can, I can foresee a scenario where they're going to even push you even more now because you did this. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, uh, I don't know. I mean, all, all I know is I'm just, what do you think happens? Tell taking, us, tell us who, what do you think? You versus think. Justin, Dustin be, versus Connor, you versus Justin, number one contender. Is that what you're thinking? That would be my favorite. That would that would be my preference. I think I think I think me versus Gaethje is a fight that everyone wants to see. You know, are you kind of over Charles at this point because of this? No, no. I think Char- 
I mean, I, well, first of all, I never, I never told you whether they offered the fight to Charles <laughs> just, or whether it was I'm just reading between the lines here. No, I'll, all I know is a name was actually not thrown out to me. All okay. I said was, yes, I would fight on February 13th. You said, you said yes to anyone? Anyone. Oh, my gosh. They must have like a freaking shrine built for you no, at this they point. Don't have the, they don't have a shrine <laughs> built for me. This is what we do. We're fighters. We say yes to fights. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Um, and granted, I realize I'm coming in. In a, in a position where I need to say yes more than other people need to say yes. But right. um, no, it's all worked out well. Um, if, it, if I had it my way, yeah, it would be, it would be Justin Gaethje because I think that's a fight that excites me. I think it's a fight where I match up extremely well um, against Justin Gaethje. You know, you, you had a, a guy who I tangled with a couple of times named, named Eddie Alvarez who beat Justin Gaethje whenever they, whenever they fought for the unofficial title of most violent guy in, in mixed martial arts, the most violent guy in the UFC. Eddie Alvarez won that fight. I think I'm the, the, the new most violent guy in, in the UFC. Um, if Justin Gaethje wants to prove that, he's going to need to step in the, in the octagon against me. If he wants to wait, there's obviously the Oliveira fight that he could get. I guess he could also get the, the Poirier fight or the winner of Poirier and Connor. I mean, you know, I'm, uh, I'm willing to say yes. When a lot of guys are saying no, um, that doesn't make me any better or worse or cooler or tougher than anybody. But I just know – Time's a wasting, you know, every day that's going by, you know, every, all of us are getting older. All of us are, are ticking time off the clock. And uh, if you, if you don't, you don't need to, to get ready if you stay ready. So I'm going to stay ready between now and, and uh, whenever, but I will enjoy my family. I will enjoy a little bit of downtime and I will enjoy a little bit of vacation with, with the people that are nearest and dearest to my heart. Last thing this time next year, are you UFC champion? Yes. I think, I think I fight, I fight this summer sometime. I want to fight three times this year. I want to fight January, summer, and fall, whether it be next for the UFC lightweight title or next for the number one contender spot and uh, capture the title by the end of the year. Um, then I'm UFC champion by the end of the year. I think, I, I think Habib will realize that I'm, I am the other best lightweight in the entire world. I think the UFC approaches him, hey, if you want, an, if you want a real challenge, if you, want, if you want a guy who's got every skill possible to be able to maybe crack the, the code that is Khabib Nurmagomedov, you got to beat somebody if, if, in your quest for 30-0. So beat Chandler if you can. Um, so I think I fight Khabib and I make him 29 in Chandler by the first fight of 2022. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. He is the one and only Charles Dubronx Oliveira, who's joining us from Sao Paulo, Brazil, alongside his translator, Nando. Charles, obrigado. Thank you for the time. Obrigado, obrigado. Okay, so it's great to talk to you. There's a lot to talk to you about. Uh, first, let me ask you this. Were you impressed with what Dustin Poirier did to Conor McGregor last Saturday? Não vou te falar impressionado, né? Eu, eu achava que ele poderia vencer, mas a partir do terceiro round em diante, né? É, ele fez o treco antes, a leitura de luta dele foi bem melhor do que a do Conor. Yeah, and like he said, like he wasn't impressed. He 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 thought like like round three he could like uh, put his game on, but like he read the game 
the, the fight uh, way before, and he could uh, finish the fight uh, earlier than Briones. Were you hoping, Charles, that Dustin would win? Did you think that there was a better chance for you to kind of move into the title picture with a Dustin Poirier win as opposed to a Conor McGregor win? Yeah, like uh, he wasn't expecting either one, but uh, either one that comes, he, he's ready to fight. And uh, now that's Dustin and he's ready to go. Since that fight last Saturday, have you or any member of your, your management team talked to the UFC about what they want to do with you next? Yeah, like uh, they talked, they, they were expecting that because uh, I think that he's in, the, in his time and uh, uh, there's nobody else to fight. So uh, he's the guy. You got to put him to fight for the title right now. So to be clear, uh, if the UFC asks you, Charles, what do you want next? Who do you want next? You want to fight Dustin Poirier for the vacant title? Is that what you want? Yeah, it's like his dream. It's the, the team's dream. Everybody's dream here. And uh, he's ready, man. Like, uh, there's nobody else in the, in the line. So uh, he's the guy. Do you think it's time that Khabib Nurmagomedov lets go of the belt, vacates the title? If he's not coming back anytime soon, would you like to see the UFC take the title away and make the next fight for the vacant title, the undisputed title? Yeah, like uh, if he comes or not, like he comes back or not, like uh, he's 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 ready and uh, the the fight is for the title out right now. And uh, whoever comes, if he comes, he fights him too, and he's ready and he's he's ready for anybody that comes. Do you think Dustin Poirier wants to fight you next? Yeah, he's a he's a guy that uh, he's uh, he thinks uh, that's a fair fight, like shot is because uh he never had the, the title bout so uh he's uh he's fair and uh he wants to fight shards doesn't want to fight shards shards wants to fight him last week uh connor's team said that they want a, a third fight against dustin for the title are you at all worried because of how popular he is that the ufc is going to do connor versus dustin three for the belt and you'll have to fight someone else in a non-title fight yeah, like uh, he was he, he was beaten up. So uh, this fight could happen uh, in the future, uh, the, the the third fight. But right now, there's no sense like having uh, the third fight for the title since he was knocked out. And uh, and uh, Shines is ready. And, like uh, he he fought eight guys and uh, won everybody and did uh, all he did last fight. So it's his time. Man. In a perfect world for you, Charles, uh, when would you like to return? When would you like to fight next? <laughs> right now, man, he's ready. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, you know, you haven't lost a fight since December of 2017. Like I said, you've won eight in a row. And prior to that, you know, you were kind of winning one, lose one, win two, lose one. Do you have any sort of theory as to why, as of late, last you know two plus years you have looked so dominant you have looked unbeatable that win over tony ferguson incredible you have the record for most submissions tied for most finishes all that stuff uh do, do you have any kind of theory can you explain to us why all of a sudden you have looked so amazing over the past eight fights yeah th things things came happening because uh he became a father he's, he has a daughter right now so he's more focused a responsible guy and like uh, he's in the team, like Shuchibok Shibunima, and then uh, the team is great. Everybody's together uh, helping him out, and uh, 
uh, getting <laughs> beaten up by him every day, man. He submits everybody. So, man, he's, man, he's, he's one of the best, like, or he's the best, you know what I'm saying? You fight Dustin Poirier next. How do you foresee it ending? Decision, knockout, submission? Yeah, like, he doesn't go for the decision because uh, you never know, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's a Brazilian <laughs> guy, and uh, he's fighting the uh, seeds America. But uh, his, his uh, he doesn't know what, what could happen, like, uh, could go any, in, in any place. But he, he focuses on the submission because, hey, he's the, <laughs> he's the top submission fighter in the, in the world, man. You got to know. He, he, he passed voice of grace, so <laughs> that's what he's going to go for it. In the back of your mind, do you think you fight Dustin, you beat Dustin? Do you think that would entice Habib to come out of retirement, considering he's never fought you before and, and, and how good you've looked and, and your finishes, your submissions? Do you, is that a dream of yours to get him out and fight you and be the first man to beat him? Yeah, like uh, he fights anybody that comes, so he can't choose, he can't pick the fight. So, but of course, everybody wants to fight Habib because he's the. He's like a train because he's like a 29 wins and no losses. So, uh, and if he comes, he's going to be ready and, uh, uh, and it's going to be an awesome fight too. Dustin has a lot of options right now. Is there anything you want to say to Dustin as he considers his options? Yeah. Like, uh, he, when, when, when you saw him, like, uh, talking that he wants to fight shots, and uh, so he, he was very happy for that. So that, that's the fight that, that has to happen. There's no other fight. Like, Dustin has to fight him. There's no other guy in front of him. Like, look what he's done to Tony Ferguson. And look what Tony Ferguson did to all the other fights before Charles. <laughs> so uh, that's the fight. So it's uh, Charles versus Dustin. All right. So that was great stuff from all three men. Um, obviously... Don't have a lot of answers right now, but I do like to talk to them and, and, and kind of feel and see where their head is at. I think the Michael Chandler thing being offered a fight at UFC 258 against some unknown opponent was super interesting. He is really endearing himself to the brass. Obviously, Dustin Poirier is in the driver's seat right now. I don't necessarily agree with him that they wouldn't do the Connor Trilogy fight for the belt. Um, but I think this is what I know for sure. What I know for sure is... Dustin Poirier's next fight needs to be for a title. Now, whether or not they want to give him the title um, once Habib relinquishes it, fine, sure. I, I wouldn't have a problem with that. The guy deserves it. Uh, you could have made a strong case for the Conor McGregor fight um, being for a title two weekends ago. If they don't do that, his next fight needs to be for the vacant title. That I know for sure. Now, do they go with Conor 3 for the vacant title? Do they go with uh, Justin Gaethje for the vacant title? Do they go with Michael Chandler for the vacant title? Do they go with Charles Oliveira for the vacant title? I think from a meritocracy standpoint, no one has a better case than Charles Oliveira. Um, eight in a row, uh, seven of those eight wins were finishes. I, I just don't see anyone out there with a stronger case than him. If you're going for business, obviously, Conor is the biggest name. He's the biggest business. You can make a strong case then for Chandler versus Gaethje. Um, and then there's a ton of other interesting options at 155, like Felder versus Ferguson and, and guys like that. And, of course, there's Nate Diaz out there. And what are they going to do with him? So a very interesting time at 155. And I look forward to seeing how it all plays out. Now, of course, as you know, the UFC was off this past weekend, a rare weekend off. But they're back this weekend with a show headlined by Alistair Overeem versus Alexander Volkov. Even more interesting than that in many respects. 
is the co-main, Frankie Edgar versus Corey Sanhagen. You know how I feel about Corey Sanhagen. This is a massive opportunity for him to uh, take that next step at 135. And this is the first of several shows in a row for the UFC. There's also one championship on Friday as well. But uh, things are going to get really interesting. Now, I suspect we're going to have a Wednesday show. Um, I will most likely be on the road. I'm doing another NBA game. Yes, I'm going on a plane for the first time since March of last year. For the first time since I came home from Izzy versus Romero, I had to book a flight and I'm going to get on a plane and go to Milwaukee. How about that? Uh, so all you people making fun of me for not leaving my house, you can't joke about that anymore. And so we'll probably do one from the road. Stay tuned for that. But I'm happy that we were able to uh, give you guys a Helwani show. If you want those full interviews, go to the youtube.com slash ESPN MMA page. You know the site by now. Also, continue to rate, download, subscribe, and review. It's very important. You may not think it's important, but it is very important, my friends. I appreciate it very much. I appreciate people who leave five stars, like Danny in Buffalo, who wrote, I was a casual UFC fan pre-pandemic, became a huge fan since, and in big part to the Monday show and Wednesday show. How about that? Ariel and DC are hilarious, his words, not mine, and bring great insight and analysis. Now, I'm at the point of listening to every episode and watching almost every UFC event. By the way, Danny, you're not the only one. I've heard this from a lot of people, not just about our show, but just like falling in love with the sport in the midst of the pandemic. He continues, also, the Bills and Raptors references really put the show over the top. How about that? DC, please chill with the Bills slander, double champ, I never left a podcast review before, but Ariel and DC deserve it. Wow, what a review. That's an all-timer. That's a top fiver right there from Danny and Buffalo. Thank you very much, Danny. Thank you to everyone who does that sort of thing, leaves a review. It really does go a long way. And uh, thank you to everyone who continues to rate, download, and subscribe as well. Thank you to Dustin Poirier. Thank you to Michael Chandler. Thank you to Charles Oliveira and his team. Thank you to TST. Thank you to all of you. Back next week, same time and place. Until then, say peace. I'm out of here.